faith like a... Yeah. And so this sermon kept growing like a mustard seed. And I had to go in and go, no, that's another sermon. No, that's another sermon. That's another sermon. So um, forgive me if it appears a little bit like this. It's a living, breathing, organic thing because there is so much in a mustard seed. Um, There's a lot of different verses that talk about a mustard seed. And then it also has the word faith in it. And so when you talk about faith, are we talking about your spiritual walk? Are we talking about as a Christian faith, as in I'm a Christian and that's my faith, I have a faith? Or is, the, is it about having a hope and having a faith for something for God to do? Because that changes it a lot, let alone all the different verses that's in there. So I'm going to kind of approach from a few different angles, but I'm going to kind of stick to those two things and, and unpack those a little bit as we go. So there are two main mustard themes, mustard seed themes, um, and you will find them, um, basically what they are is the first theme is where Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God. We're not going to really hang around that one too much today, but the second one is talking about faith like a mustard seed. Now mustard seeds, you've heard this before. Who here has ever heard a sermon about a mustard seed? I mean, I think I have as well. Um, And so let's see how we go today. (laughs) Um, But what I want to do first, what do I talk about when we talk about reading a scripture? There's There's a word that starts with C that I always say. When you're reading a famous piece of scripture, there's something that we should always do. Read it in. Thank you. Look at you. Gold stars. Well done. We read it in context because... The context helps us understand. And I was discussing with someone recently um, just about context, and I was reminded of the fact that we interpret the context in which it was written, correct? So we read it and we're like, okay, we've got to understand where Israel was, what's happening to this author, why this has been said, what was said before, what comes after, what book is it in? That sort of stuff helps us understand the meaning of what's been said. Because we all know you could take a scripture out and just say it, and you can make it mean whatever you want. But that's not fair to Scripture. So there's that. That's that type of context. But also, we have to interpret it through our own context. So what is... Uh, so for example, I was talking to someone this week about a word, um, driveth, or to drive them away. And I was just reminded that the context for us to drive someone away is a negative context, usually. But in the scripture where the Holy Spirit, say, for example, is um, driving Jesus into the wilderness, it is a leading. It's not a negative. It's a positive. But our own 21st century context has changed it. So always look at the context, not only theirs, but our context as well. Sorry, there's a little theology lesson before we kick things off. So let's look at uh, Luke chapter 17. Uh, Sorry, Luke chapter 5 verse 17 says, Jesus said to his disciples, things that cause people to stumble are bound to come, but woe to anyone through whom they come. It would be better for them to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around their neck so that they can cause uh, their neck than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. Basically saying um, it's a bad thing to cause other people to stumble in the faith. So watch yourselves. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them, even if they sin against you seven times in a day. And seven times they come back to you saying, I repent. You must forgive them. 
So Jesus is setting up this, this thing that's about to come. We all know have faith like a mustard seed, but we do need to look at it in context. He said this, this is the first part of this section, and then he makes a comment. And we have to look at that and go, it's actually related to this, which is, um, and then the disciples say this, the apostles increase our faith, which we're going to get to in a second. And then he replied, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. So interesting, this particular verse, when talking about the mustard seed, isn't just talking generally, it's talking quite specifically about uh, confrontation and unforgiveness and forgiveness. And what, and you think, well, that's a bit strange. You're talking about a leap of seed and and unforgiveness. How does that come in? What Jesus was saying was this. So we've got to look through 17 verse 6 with the rest of it through that lens and that repentance and conflict. And so when he says that, um, what he's saying is, It is a big step of faith. It's not easy to forgive. It's not easy to to recognize unforgiveness in your own heart. There's a step of faith, and it's often a little step first. Um, And they say, increase our faith. I like this quote. As long as we have unresolved problems, unfulfilled dreams, and a mustard seed of faith, we have all we need for a vibrant prayer life. I like that. It's a faith step. Jesus is saying, when you come to forgiveness and unforgiveness, it's tough work. It's a little tiny mustard seed. It's a little thing that you can do every day. Just put a little mustard seed in there. Just have a little bit of faith. So if you've got unresolved relationships, if you've got issues in your life, it's a little bit. Little prayers every day praying for that situation. And out of a mustard seed comes something great, comes something big. Forgiveness is like a mustard seed. It can start small. So what is this saying? It's basically saying a belief that through God, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. You hear um, Rob MacArthur often say, uh, there are three works in a move of God. The impossible, the difficult, and the done. (laughs) And... um, Am I going to talk about that here? I will talk about it here. Um, Last night, we had the privilege of um, walking out onto the property. Um, It was going to happen, then not going to happen, then happened, and then didn't happen, then did happen. And we were able to get onto the property (laughs) uh, and do a pre-purchase inspection very last minute. And I'm walking around this property. And I just wanted, by the way, who's coming next week to get their feet on the property? Woo, look at that. Um, She's rough. (laughs) There's a lot of trees. So go there with the mindset that trees can be felled and we'll have lots of working bees and the house is pretty rough, but it's, we, you know, we didn't buy it for the house, right? We bought it for the land that it is. So we're walking around and I'm like, I have to be honest with you. I'm having this moment where I picked up some, no one was around because I didn't want to look weird, but now I'm telling you, you're going to know I'm weird. I picked up the soil and I did kind of like that gladiator thing you know, where he like rubs it into his hands. I don't know what that means, but I thought of that, and then I was looking around to see if anyone saw me. <clears throat> Why did I tell that story? I don't know. Anyway, and I just wanted the dirt on my hands, and I just went, this is a promise from God. This, this dirty hand is a promise. This, this soil is God's soil. It was always his, but now it's his through us, and I'm like, what is he going to do? 
on this land? What is he going to do? What's God going to do through this soil? What's he going to push out? What's he going to impact? What's he, what's the Holy Spirit going to reveal to people's lives on this dirt? And I got really, really excited because it was a promise that God gave me before I came out to Cornerstone. He said to me, uh, there was two things he wanted me to do, but I saw dirt piled up and putting a flag in, kicking the dirt over, and it had Jesus on this red flag, and all the people walking out the street could look at it and see it, and see that Jesus was present in this community. And I knew that was a promise, that land, that was something that he had. And so we go from no land, nothing, in a few short years to 12,000 square meters, um, right what will be the heart of Rolleston. And I'm like, this is a promise fulfilled. Um, but very much feels like it's at the beginning stages. <laughs> I'm like, woohoo, we've done it. <laughs> no, we haven't. <laughs> we've got a lot more. Uh, and so I was really excited um, being able to do that yesterday. Um, and do you know what else was super cool? Um, I think I've mentioned that the people that sold us the property basically only sold it because it was us. They found out that it was Cornerstone Church and they were like, oh, we have to sell it to them cheap. <laughs> and they did. And so last night we met the owners. This isn't standard. This is not what you would normally do. You wouldn't meet the old owners at the venue, but they, we kind of made that happen. And they prayed for us. <laughs> and we were standing in the room, all five of us, speaking in tongues and declaring over that land the hope and the promise it was so awesome so nothing's impossible from God it was this little seed a few years ago and not by our own strength look I've got like a performing arts and a theology theology degree what do I know about this it's got nothing to do with me it's or our team it's what God has done and so we give him all the glory no faith is required to do the possible uh, actually, only a morsel of the atom-powered stuff is needed to do the impossible. For a, piece of, uh, for a piece as large as a mustard seed will do more than we have ever dreamed of. Faith in what God will do. You know, we've got to build a multi-million dollar building. And I laugh because it's not possible. So I know it's got to be God who's doing it. Because I'm like, I don't know how that's going to happen, but he's going to do it. Now, here's the interesting thing about mustard seed. When Jesus used this parable, he was not just talking about the size of a mustard seed. Has anyone ever seen a mustard seed? She's tiny, like really, really little. Like you've got to really hold on to that thing to not lose it. He could have said, why didn't he say a grain of sand? Why didn't he use an analogy like a grain of sand? Now, that would have worked, but there's no life in a grain of sand. <laughs> what does a mustard seed have? It has potential. It has hope. It has a promise. It has life. It has fruit, potentially, in the, in the end. Grain of sand, that doesn't. So, it's not just about the size, but a mustard seed can grow. A mustard seed can grow. So my question for you is what ungrown mustard seed do you have in your pocket, in your hand? So I'm going to pivot a little bit here, talking specifically about the, the seeds in your heart. Every person here, whether you are um, a Christian or not, you have a gift given to you 
I was talking to someone last week where they, uh, they talked about how they've always been able to see kind of spiritual stuff, but recently saved. And I'm like, you know what that is? That is a gift of discernment that wasn't under God initially, but I'm so excited to see what that looks like in a couple of years' time through God, right? And so he's given you a seed. You have something that he has given you. It's a gift. It's a talent. It's a relationship. And if I'm going to be really frank for a minute, one of the things that excites me the most about being a pastor is seeing people use their seeds. Can you guess what the most disappointing thing for me is as well? Seeing people not use the seeds that God has given them. They maybe just don't use them because they don't want people to see their plant and they're embarrassed. Maybe they eat them. You can eat seeds, that's fine. But a harvest of a plant produces lots of seeds. What what would it look like for a a congregation of people to go, you know what, Uh, these are the seeds for me, all of the rest. These are seeds that I can gift out that are going to bear fruit for others. What does a church like that look like? Where everybody just goes, got mine? The rest I don't need. Someone once asked Rick Warren, why do you think the Purpose Driven Life was like the number one bestseller for 10 years? Do you know what his response was? I'm really good with money. He gave me lots and lots and lots of money, millions, tens of millions of dollars from that book, and he knows that I give it away. Rick Warren apparently lives, and he'll open up his books, he'll live on 5% of the money that he gets and gifts away 95%. It's not about him trying to get the the glory. That's an expensive way to do it. But he wants to give away, and I love that mentality. Now, it's not just about money. I'm not just talking about money by any means. I'm actually talking about gifts, skills, time, talent. What seed do you have? Do you have a dream? Do you have a hope? Do you have a dream seed? Something that God spoke to you many years about ago? Or do you not have one? My hope this morning when I was praying was maybe today will be the day that God gives you a dream. Lord, I want to start my own business and I want to just employ people that I can get around me and just show them the love of Jesus. Lord, I just want to be a registered nurse. I just want to love people practically. I want to be able to pray for them in the hallways. Lord, I want to to be married. I want to be in a a marriage. I want to be in a relationship. So do you have a dream seed, a faith seed, something that you're believing in, a restored relationship, something like that? Do you have a hope seed, something that you've been hoping for? Or do you have a gift? That's a big one. I see people with their gift seeds. It's not about me exploiting them as the pastor, but rather wanting to see fruit on your life. Fruit on your life using those seeds. And what, what, is, what, is, what do you see when you see a beautifully laden tree full of fruit? You go, that's awesome. I'm coming back there. Does the tree benefit from the fruit? No, pretty much not. It's for others. That's interesting. So what I want to do, uh, as long as we have, oh yeah, we've done that. That's cool. Dream Seed. Could we just play some music quietly in the background? And can I please have Donnie and Lyndon up the front for me, please? I want you to take one minute and ask yourself this question. 
what seed do I have? What is something that God has given me that perhaps I haven't seen it grow yet? I want you to think on that. Dream seed, a faith seed, a gift seed. I want you to close your eyes and I want you to think for one minute. All right. We're going to leave these up here. So someone got three. Um, We're going to leave those up here. Um, So if you do drop it by the end of the service, it's okay. We won't judge you too much. Everyone got their seed holding it really tightly? In my head, I was like, that'll take two minutes. (laughs) A dream seed, a faith seed. I want you to, if you're game enough, have a look at your seed. A mustard tree produces fruit. I don't know if you knew that. It produces flavor. It brings flavor. There is, you're holding in this inanimate object, what appears to be a dream, a hope, a purpose to do so much more. And if I, I, (laughs) that is you. You are that mustard seed. There is so much on your life. There's so much potential. Um, my in-laws have this saying that uh, is it, um, they're feeling, they felt called as, young, as a young couple to reach hundreds, to reach thousands. Train hundreds to win thousands. And there is, you know, from this one seed, how many seeds can, could come from this one seed over time? It's incalculable, right? It is, there's so much potential. I like this little line. I have a mustard seed and I'm not afraid to use it. (laughs) Faith doesn't have to be big. Your faith that God is going to do something doesn't have to be massive. It just has to be something you can hold on to. And here's the thing about a mustard seed, right? You don't just leave it. There is, if you want your mustard seed to grow, what do you need to do? You need to plant it. You need to look after it. You need to put it in a spot where you can keep an eye on it. What I would like you to do, and it's hard, because you're holding it right now and you're thinking, I don't know how I'm going to get this little sucker home. (laughs) I want you to take it home and plant it. I was going to give you little pots, and then I was like, no, that's part of what you have been called to do is to look after this thing. And, to, and so, so you might have had a prophecy that you um, were going to be a, a missionary in Africa or, or uh, doing something with the homeless in Southeast Asia or something like that. There is a certain amount of stuff that I believe that we should be doing to achieve those things. I've had the conversations. Oh, I really, I'll use missions, for example. I believe God's calling me to missions. Cool. What are you doing? Nothing. Could you get a passport? Well, I suppose. Could you talk to mission agencies? Well, I guess so. None of you talk like this. It's fine. If someone someone comes into church talking like this, you're like, aha, that's who Dre was talking about. (laughs) Um, Do something with it. It's Horatio. Yes, that's what he sounds like. (laughs) Now, I want to pivot a little again to your Christian faith. Your faith that you have as a believer when you say, do you have a faith? Yes, I do. I want us to talk about that just for a quick second. John 15 verse 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Everyone say, much fruit. 
Apart from me, you can do nothing. That seed's going to do nothing unless you put it in the soil, unless you connect it to what it needs to grow. That's what we've got to do as well. Don't just come to church and just be a vine sticking there by yourself. You're not a vine, you're just a dry stick. Get grafted in to the the Father. Get grafted into Jesus. Do you look like this as a Christian? Or do you look like this? What do you need? You need sun. You need water. You need soil. You need protection. How have you planted yourself with those things? When you take the seed home, you're going to have to be really careful Um, We've got some tissues up here. We can um, give out some tissue paper if you want to wrap it up afterwards. What I'd love to see in a couple of weeks is people posting up on our members page their little saplings. Because that could represent this dream that you've got. And every day you see it, you could pray, Lord, I want to release this over my life. I want to see this come. I want to see it not just be a fruit for myself, but for those around me. Don't just eat your seeds. So I've got three points really quickly. Point number one, a seed uh, isn't dead. It's just dormant. It's not dead. It could look dead. If that was sitting amongst a bunch of sand, you might not recognize it, especially how small that one is. You're not dead. (laughs) You might have been in church for 50 years and you're thinking, I've never done anything. I'm feeling convicted. I just want to say you're not dead. You have every chance, every opportunity to continue doing stuff for God. Uh, In nature... Um, how is a seed dispersed? I'm going to go here. Hannah and I talked about this this morning, and we were like, oh, yeah, I am. How is, how is a seed dispersed in nature? There's a few different ways, but I'm looking for one specifically. Wind? What was the other one? Birds. Okay, let's, let's just let's talk about that for a second, shall we? A bird eats a beautiful piece of fruit eats this beautiful piece of fruit, and what's in the middle of it? Seeds. It goes into the bird, comes out the other side. (laughs) But here's the thing. Some of you say, if you saw what was on my life and what I've been through, you would would agree that I've got no hope. (laughs) It's BS. (laughs) If you've been through the poo, that's fertilizer for growth, man. (laughs) I want to say, if you've been through the whatever word you want to put there, Seeds are hardy. Seeds were designed to go through animals and come out the other side. There is hope in that thing. So those who are sitting there going, if you only knew. I say, guess what? We've all been there. (laughs) We've all been through the crap. (laughs) You say, well, pastor talked about poo today. Great. (laughs) Number two, my point number two is this. Seed uh, is given over to God. I'll often say that uh, we sow, but God grows, right? We can only do so much. We can't do a whole lot with making the seed grow other than providing environments for God to do what he's going to do, correct? Provide that environment. Get connected in a connect group. Come to church regularly. Talk to, go, go out for coffees with good Christian people. Fill your life with the word. Fill your life with worship. Ask questions. Go to Bible college. Set yourself up for that situation where you can be growing. See, uh, number three, seed is a promise of fruit. It's a promise that there is something on your life. 
There is, it is a promise that there is something to come. I wrote this this morning. Hannah thought it was lame but awesome at the same time. I don't know if she thinks it was awesome. I think she thought it was awesome because I think it's awesome. A seed has a deed. What is a deed? Like a trust deed is a requirement. It has a, this is what you are going to produce as a trust. If you have a deed, it is, this is what you're meant to do. A seed has a deed to feed. <laughs> Correct? Am I wrong? A se- yeah, thanks. <laughs> a seed is meant to feed others and meant to produce. It's got to go through a bird. <laughs> it's got to go through stuff. It's going, to be, it's going to be in there. And it's going to be dark and sometimes it'll be dingy and sometimes you'll be smaller than everyone else. But over time, as God continues to water that seed, continues to water your faith, as a Christian, you start to grow. You start to stand out. You start to produce fruit in your plumbing business. You start to produce fruit in your IT workplace environment, and other people will see that. I don't know about you. If you've been a Christian for a while, you've probably had people come up to me and say, hey, you've got your stuff together. Can I talk to you about my marriage issues? Can you help me with this? Just for a second, if you could be honest, who's been in that situation where people have sort of sought you out? Just be honest. Come on, I know there's a few of you. It's because you produce fruit and people walk by and go, that's a tasty looking apple. I like what they've got on their life. I need some of that. I have a question. We are, what hope do you have for that little seed? I think I've missed it, but that's fine. If I place a seed, if I took my shoe off and I put it into the dirt, what have I done? I have buried it. What is the difference between burying your seed and planting your seed? Where you plant it, what you give it. Too many Christians have buried their seeds. That's an ouchy word. I've done it. Years. Here's my seed. It's not growing. This is what I sound like when Hannah does my voice. Does anyone else in their marriage, when they do their partner's or their spouse's voice, you know you have one. This is mine from Hannah. I don't know why. But when I do Hannah, she's like, I don't know. She sounds like a high-pitched, oh, I think there's an Australian in here, so I won't say Australian. (laughs) I love Australia. They're awesome. There she is. Sorry. She's, yeah. Anyway, it's not growing. Oh, come on. You haven't put it in the right spot. You haven't been praying for it. You haven't been moving and, and, and expecting stuff to happen. Are you buried or are you planted? Be planted. Because you can be buried anywhere amongst rocks. Are you planted in good soil? Some of us might need to pluck that seed out of the rubble and walk it over to some good soil, whatever that might look like for you. Could we stand and I'll have the worship team come up, please? Oh, you're holding that seed tightly. (laughs) How are the musicians going to do? What are you going to do? You're going to hold on to it? (laughs) So, what do you want to do with your seed? I encourage you to take it home. I encourage you to pray. I encourage you to plant it and expect it. Now, here's the thing. I might have given you a dud. It's not you, it's me. (laughs) So if that happens, go to the warehouse or the supermarket and you can buy mustard seeds there, okay? And uh, don't take it as a spiritual sign. The pastor gave me a seed and it didn't grow. 
don't, don't read into it. <laughs> Take it home. Put it somewhere. Put it on the windowsill. And, and I, my prayer is as you look at it, you go, you know what? That's my business idea. It's coming to fruition. That's my relationship with my mum. And I'm believing and I'm expecting growth and I'm expecting fruit from it. I pray that it would be an encouragement to you. I pray that it would encourage you. That you would look at that little plant and go, yep, we got this plant. We got this. And hey, you might learn a lesson if you forget to water it too. (laughs) Father, we thank you for the seed. We thank you for the dream. Lord, we thank you that we are seeds as well, Lord. I pray over every person here today that you, Holy Spirit, would guide them, speak to them, seek them out, give them a word of what it is that you want them to grow into. I unlock old dreams in the name of Jesus. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to pour water over those, to plant them deep inside in Jesus' holy name. Amen.